You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a Black-led brand, we make room for another Black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of Black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Accountability is not an easy subject for a lot of people. Why do I feel like a lot of people is Kadeem? I ain't even say that. See, that's the problem. Accountability, or am I blaming myself? Dead ass. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. I'm going to bring us back to a couple of weeks ago, all right? Kadeen and I have been very diligent about not getting COVID, not spreading COVID. Very, very diligent about this, right? We had visitors over. Long story short, someone brought COVID into the crib. They brought COVID. I was pissed. 
the first person to test positive for COVID was Jackson. And if you guys listen to us, you know Jackson is a very sensitive, empathetic child. So I take Jackson to the doctor. He tests positive. I test negative. So he finds out that he's the only one so far in the family that has COVID. Instantly, he's crying. You know, I can't believe I got COVID. Everybody's going to be mad at me. I got COVID. And I'm trying to talk him off the ledge because I'm like, you know, you you 10. Things happen. That's what the time he was nine. So he's like, I just don't want to die. I don't, And he's worried about everything you see because he's been watching the news as well. People are dying of COVID. So he's just nervous. So I'm like, listen, no, you know, everything's going to be fine. He's like, mommy's going to be mad because now we can't go to Jamaica. We can't do this. We can't do that. And I'm like, hey, hey, relax. Mommy's not going to be upset. Everybody's going to be fine. We invited somebody by the house. They had COVID. There was no reason for you to have it. So finally he stops crying. We get to the house. We open the door. Kay goes, so I said, Jackson has COVID. The first thing that come out of Kay's mouth is, you see all them times I tell you stop putting your hands in your mouth and putting your hands in your eyes? Jackson immediately looks at me. You You didn't say it like that? No, I didn't, but go ahead. I'll let you finish your story. No. Show them how you said it. Tell them how you said it. I said when y'all first came in the door, oh, my God, I wonder if it was the time I took him to the Coke factory because he was touching his eyes and his face a lot. And I was like, Jackson, do you remember when I was telling you to stop touching your eyes and your face? I'm wondering if that was it because me. That's how you said it? I was trying to do. Yeah, I was. I was not I was not yelling at him or berating him at that point. The berating happened when DeVal started yelling at me and then I was yelling at him. But go ahead. Anyway, we walked in. The, we walked in the house and Kadeen said, oh, my God, Jackson. You have COVID. I wonder if it happened at the Coca-Cola factory. I'm so sorry, Deval. my son. That's that's how she Deval. claims she said okay, it. Whatever. Go ahead. Tell your story. All right. So Jackson <laughs> immediately looks at me and I see his eyes welling up and I go in dad mode. I'm trying to protect my son. I'm like, yo, Jackson, go upstairs. Jackson goes upstairs. I get mad. I lose it. Okay. I was Loses like, it. I lose it. I'm like, why? Would you instantly go to a place where he feels like he's the reason why he have it? And also, too, I didn't know about the conversations they were having in the car prior to. So Exactly. She yeah. didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm losing it. I'm like, he's an empathetic kid. He's worried about dying. He thinks everyone's going to blame him. And the first thing you do is blame him for getting it even though someone brought it into our house who was positive. Like, there's no reason to sit here and go over with him how he might have gotten it because we know someone who was positive came in the house and we all ended up getting it. So I start losing it. I'm screaming, I'm hollering, screaming, screaming. And Kadeen is just like, yo, don't scream at me. And at this point, I'm like in dad mode trying to protect my son and I'm acting crazy out of character, right? Me and Kadeen ended up going separate ways. She left in the car, was gone for three, four hours, came back. When she came back, I wanted to discuss with her how what we did wasn't good. And the minute I start talking, Kadeen gets pissed and is like, I'm not talking about this, and walks away. We end up having a conversation, I think a day later, and we solved it, everything was fine. I hear Jackson, two days later downstairs, on his PlayStation, him and Cairo having a discussion. Then I hear him screaming at Cairo, just screaming, screaming, screaming. I say, Jackson, come upstairs. What makes you think it's okay for you to scream at your brother like that. And he didn't say nothing. I said, hello, I'm asking you a question. And he said, well, you screamed at mommy like that. And at that point, 
I had to be accountable. Let's play the blame game. I love, I love you. you more. Let's, Let's play the blame game for sure. Let's call out names. Names. I hate you. More. Let's call out names. Names for sure. <laughs> this podcast is about accountability. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Um, knowing when you're wrong to admit fault. Or do you deflect? Mm-hmm. Like some people. Mm-hmm. Um, in the story time, we talked about the approach to the door. Kadeem says. That can I? Can I? Go ahead. Go ahead. Because normally with the story, it's like your side and my side. I feel go like ahead, because I'll be telling his stories and be like a little yeah, off sometimes. So prior to knowing what happened in the car, the conversation that he was having with Jackson and Jackson being like on the edge. Um, when they got to the door, I was just surprised that Jackson tested positive first because Jackson had the least interaction with this person that was here. Right. Yes. So for him to be positive first, I'm thinking now where everything that going through my mind is like, where did I go wrong as a mom? And did I ever put him in an environment where he was unsafe, where he may have been exposed? So all these things are going through my head. And naturally, as a mom, I will say women, we, I get a little bit more worked up off the bat. Right. So when they get to the doorway, Deval's just like, yeah, he's positive. And Jackson's like, mom, I have COVID. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm wondering if it's when I took you to the world of hope. Cause I said, remember Jackson, you were touching that machine and I told you not to touch your eye. Like I'm wondering if that's when it happened. And Deval was just like, that's when he just blew it. So according to Y'all Deval, he calm? thinks that I was yelling at the top of my lungs. Here? I was not yelling at the top of my lungs at that point. I was just like more frantic, if anything, trying to figure out why did my son test positive when everybody knows I was wearing a mask on the plane before COVID that like, I'm the biggest germaphobe and we've been so hyper vigilant and it just made me so annoyed in that moment because I was just like why would he be the first one to test positive I should have or like you should have like somebody who had more contact with the person should have but the I person was asymptomatic that. so we didn't know I understand that but here's where accountability comes in mm-hmm. okay Kadeen has been told by numerous family members that she snaps at people have you not yes your I brother have. your sister your yeah. mom mm-hmm. the kids me right when I tell her that she raised her voice at Jackson, her first thing is say, no, I didn't. So many times she says, no, she doesn't until someone else says, yeah, okay, you did snap. And she's like, well, I didn't realize. I'm telling you, you snapped to him and you're sitting here telling me that you didn't. Okay. There's no so accountability, I accountability there. I will be accountable. And I did say that. And I spoke to Jackson after the fact. Okay. And we had a whole discussion. I had a discussion with my son about how I may have reacted to it or how he may have received it. The thing is in that moment, I don't know if he received it that way, but I think what amplified it was your reaction to me. And that just took things I no. think, more over the edge. I, that, I sat in the car like with that. him. For you you think that, but I sat in the car with him for 30 minutes while he was sobbing, crying, thinking that he was going to die, Mimi was going to die, no, and everybody's going to be mad. So him f- feeling the brunt of you saying, remember when I told you not to put your hands in your mouth? He was in the car saying, people are going to be mad at me for COVID. Imagine no, I, you I thinking that. that me saying that th- that's not going to happen. And the first thing your mom brings up is the no, time she you. took you. And here's my thing. You keep saying I, he always puts his hands in his mouth. So then who takes a nine-year-old to the Coca-Cola factory during a pandemic where you have to literally pull the mask down and drink? But then you, you putting it on him. There's no accountability there. It's not. I hear what you're saying. And I did admit that that was a fault on my part. What I'm saying was that I feel like things got escalated even more when you 
were irate and yelling at me at the top of my lungs. So at that yeah, point, it made it that much more I of a situation where I could have just spoken to him directly as my son and had that. <clears throat> I shouldn't have been screaming. I shouldn't have took him out of the house. But also, too, I feel bad. Like, how am I going to be balancing life with my children? They've been locked up in a house for like over thing. a year. And this is my thing. So I agree it, with you. Of course, you. in that moment, I felt badly. But hold because, on. But hold on. You know what I mean? I'm then blaming myself. Like, how did I expose my child to this? See? No matter how much wipes I walked with, no matter how much hand sanitizer, Lysol spray. I, and it, it was See, to the point this where the even point. my friend who I went with laughed at me and she was like, oh my God, you're being that mom. But Kadeen, this and is I'm the like, point. And I'm like, I know. But this is the point. Because <laughs> I'm not, scared to It's death. not blame. You made a choice as a mom, right? Whatever happens from that choice happens. There's no blame. It's, it's no, like, and, and to me, that's why when it first happened and when they all got sick, I didn't say, well, you took them to the Coca-Cola factory because there's no blame. You made a choice as a mom. You asked me what I thought. What I say? You want to go? Take them. There's no blame. If he gets COVID from there, he gets COVID. We got to deal with the consequences. There's no blame at that point. I hear you. But when, but okay. what I do think sometimes is you, and I don't want to say moms, but look to blame somebody or take on blame. When there's no blame to go around, it's just what happens. Like there's no blame. Well, then we took him to the Coca-Cola factory. If if he got it from there, I don't think he got it from here because someone with COVID came to our house, right, and unbeknownst to say. us. I was like, so my thing is, since we know that someone from COVID came to our house, it makes no even sense to go there. But to blame him or possibly blame yourself, it's no point in doing that. Well, that's your logic. In that moment, I was frantic. Like you said, as a mom, I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? I should have never took him out the house. And yes, chances are he probably didn't get it from there. He probably definitely got it because we had somebody <laughs> with COVID in our house. So in, in my mind, I'm like thinking so many different things at once that I'm just like speaking. I'm like, what is it? What was it? Then I'm just looking to, you know what I mean? That's to blame my point. Myself. And then you don't and realize how, how loud you get sometimes. Okay. All right. I feel like this went completely far far left of what the topic was today. No, because the topic but. is about accountability, but also <laughs> proves that when you try to be accountable, people get uncomfortable being accountable. Like, for me, personally, I shouldn't have been screaming that day. I shouldn't. I got emotional because I saw my son. I thought he was going to be hurt and affected emotionally, especially dealing with COVID. Then I started screaming, and I was screaming at you because you said what you said to him. So I was screaming. Should I have been screaming at that point? No. I shouldn't have been screaming. And I'm willing to say I, I, I screamed at you. I shouldn't. I was wrong. I apologize. When Jackson said to me, you scream at mommy, I instantly said to him, you know what? You're right. And I got to be better. The same way you got to be better. I can't scream at your mother. You can't scream at your brother. So you got to check me and I got to check you. But that's me holding him accountable and holding my account accountability myself. Mm -hmm. The problem with accountability for most people is the minute someone check them on something they do, you know what they do? They get uncomfortable and deflect. And that's what the whole topic of it today is. You can't be uncomfortable and deflect accountability just because you're the one that has to be accountable. We all have to learn how to be accountable and accept and say, listen, I messed that up because we all human. Like, you're going to make mistakes. Nobody walks through here perfect. That goes for you and that goes for me. And if we continue to think that we can be perfect in any relationship, then we're going to continue to disappoint ourselves. Well, I'm nice. not doing that. Like, I'm not, I'm going to make mistakes, especially when it comes to parenting or even communicating with you because I'm an emotional person. You know what I'm saying? Really, Deval? A little bit. Guess that a little bit. I'm a little emotional. emotional. A little bit. Okay, Aries man. Yes. We got a lot of fire signs up in this house too. So that you said and you'll be giving it. You be giving it uh, as much yep. as you you think you get it. Yep. 
You be giving it. Shoot, we have two Aries, two Sagittarius, and Cairo's the only Virgo. Yes. And, <laughs> so and you're the only woman in the house other than Mimi. So the boys be like, like when you come at them, it's different than when I come at them. I right. feel like for them, it's like dad is going to be dad. Mm-hmm. But when you come at them, it's like hurt. Like, because mm-hmm. I watch them when you talk to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Even when you're trying to be calm as a mom, you have a sternness right. that it like rocks them. And I think also they have they have a bit of like a, a they worry that they're going to disappoint. I think both of us. Absolutely. And they, they worry Absolutely. a lot about what we think, which I, I like that. I'm okay with that. But I know have to have to know how to straddle the fence with it. I don't want them to fear me, but I also want them to have that respect and, and know that, man, I don't want to disappoint mom and dad. So, yeah, which, which I think know? they need as kids. But they also need to to learn how to be accountable. Yeah. Because look at look absolutely. at the way we bring them up, right? Look at the way you and I were brought up. You, the firstborn daughter, but you a pageant girl. Your your dad coddled you a lot. Well, he coddles all of y'all. Like that's just Yeah, my dad's just mad, easygoing, and he's, he's like, Yeah, he's easygoing, whatever. <laughs> you know, if something is wrong, he's gonna try and make it easier, fix it or whatever. Your mom does not coddle you at all no your mom is all about accountability all about it and you see the way for us for for you and your sister my sister yeah but Mm -hmm. not the same way with your brother Mm -hmm. you look at my family my both my parents are accountable me and my brother Mm -hmm. when it comes to my sister not so much Mm -hmm. and i can see how we all approach life differently because of the way we've been right you know what i'm saying right accountable or not accountable right right and they have made us who we are (laughs) um and yeah so so accountability let's let's dial it back for people um you know i like to pull up definitions or whatnot so thank you tribble for pulling up the definition of accountability according to webster Mm -hmm. webster anybody still have a webster dictionary i got jackson an actual dictionary set like the book it's like look up the word if you're reading and you don't know it that's such a mother i mean i know he can google it who gets a a son a webster's dictionary i definitely got he definitely has it up in his room because i was like that way you it's less screen time you don't have to look it up on google you can just open up your dictionary or you gave it to him as if it was like something great like she's like like, jackson look right so he's excited right so he's just like what's up and she's just like, this is a dictionary. And Jackson's like. <laughs> and I was like, so it goes from A to Z. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like mad excitement. Because I was that kid back in there. I was spelling B champ. I was big on vocabulary. I still am to this day. So he going to know some words. All right. Then SAT <laughs> joints. Anywho. Um, accountability is the obligation or willingness to accept responsibility for one's action. Some call it cancel culture which is a big thing now. Um, but the fact is that you don't always need permission to be held accountable for your actions. And we, and as we explore the different ways accountability can manifest itself in our lives, whether we're holding ourselves accountable for our own goals or we're holding our loved ones accountable for the harm <laughs> that they've caused, or even as we fight to uphold the system accountable for systemic injustice, mm-hmm. We realize that the common thread is that accountability cannot be a one-time thing. It is an ongoing process that results in real, actual, sustainable, tangible change. And if we want to create a better world for generations to come, freaking be accountable, whether it feels good or not. Can I be honest? It's necessary. Sounds easy, right? Can I be honest? Be honest. I think the world nowadays lacks accountability. Absolutely. I look at the way we raise kids. Right. But everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. You're not allowed to 
uh, punish kids even verbally or give them push-ups. Those type of punishments are now illegal Mm -hmm. with sports. So kids are not held accountable. And um, teachers, they're trying to take away grades. Mm-hmm. Now, for from for some reason, in certain schools, you can't grade papers now. Mm-hmm. You can't write with a red pen. Mm-hmm. I used to look forward to my 100%, my 90, 95%, Says the my person who get A's all the time. See? You know, I used to look forward to that because that, for me, was just like, okay, I've held myself I feel you. accountable by studying, and there's my reward. There's like it was a reward system. But you know what's funny? You but talked about cancel, cancel culture, right? Mm-hmm. We've pulled back on the accountability that we give to people, but then want to cancel them for making a mistake. For right. making one mistake. Ex- right. Make that make sense. Make it make sense. F- from the time they're young till adults, we don't want to hold them responsible for nothing. But then if, if we say that they do something wrong, oh, they, that's it. How, do, how does anyone even learn accountability or redemption if we don't hold them accountable from young? Well, I think we should bring somebody in to talk about it. What you think? I think we should. Somebody but, who wait. understands and knows this. We definitely will. But I want you to talk a little bit about your upbringing <laughs> Why you pause like because that? Because I was like, where are we going with this? Go ahead. No, I want you to talk a little bit about your upbringing and how your upbringing has helped you or not helped you with accountability. Well, um, I've said before in, in previous podcasts that I come from a family of not a lot of communication. Mm-hmm. When things, you know, you felt a certain kind of way or you were unhappy with something, it was kind of just like, oh, you just kind of deal with it. Or if you were unhappy with something your sibling did or your parent did, it's kind of just like, well, you know, sweep it under the rug and it'll go away. There was We call it the ostrich technique in my family where uh-huh. we kind of just kind of duck and just like think that it'll eventually go away. So coming from that... Um, and that environment that did not really encourage communication. Um, and not to say we didn't encourage communication because we were we were silenced. It was just more like it just wasn't encouraged. It's just like, oh, that's how people are. That's how your mom is. That's how your dad is. That's how your brother or sister is. So that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was particularly difficult when I became, um, when we got into a relationship because you came from the opposite. So that being said, being able to open up, being able to be accountable. I've never had somebody approach me and say, Kadeen, I don't like the way you're doing X, Y, Z, whether it be a sibling or a parent. So I was used to kind of just existing in a space where I did So my y'all best. didn't critique each other like that? No. No. We just kind of did our best and we were just like, all right, well, you know, so hearing any feedback when we got together, you wanting to have those conversations, you wanted to say, well, Kadeen, you did this wrong. It then required me to then say, I did something wrong. Oh my God! But I thought I was doing my best. And oh, at so that your mother, point, oh, your mother critiqued. She was just passive aggressive with her critique. She was never direct. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like that, you know. Um, and there was that. I, w- I don't want to say there wasn't any like real substance to those sort those situations, but it was very sparse. It was kind of just like you know, in passing, like Kadeen, you should do this, or I think you should do that. And just me, you know, listening to my mom, I would try to say, okay, mom, I get it, you know, or just be like, oh, here's my mom being my mom, so not really taking it with any value. But at the same time, you know, then coming, <laughs> meeting somebody who was so extra vocal, then it felt like I was, rec- I was then at a deficit all the time, or I felt like I was at, um, I was then inadequate in certain spaces because I'm like, wow, somebody's like critiquing me on how I'm existing, <laughs> you know? I feel you. And it, this is it why was, we argue. I was taken time, aback. Yeah. I was taken aback by it because I was like, wow, I felt like it was just being very, you're being very nitpicky at certain points. I felt like, damn, I can't do anything right. Um, it was a lot of me feeling like my ego was bruised because here I was thinking I was being a grand girlfriend or a grand wife mm-hmm. at that time, only for you to say like, Nasus, you you're not actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just particularly hard for me to to swallow and I felt like you know I was just being blamed for a lot of things so for me I think there's a very like thin line between how do you be accountable 
um, are you being blamed? And then do you get defensive? Because you always say I get defensive. And for me, it's just like, well, if I arrived at this particular destination, I'm not defending it. I'm just letting you know how I got there. And you hate that. So sometimes I don't even know how to exist in a debate or in an argument with you because I feel like, damn, if I can't tell you my mindset or how I got there, then what should I do? Just be accountable and just say, okay. So now you see why we have arguments all the time. Because my background is completely different. In my household, we had family caucuses and family discussions where my parents sat us down and told us everything we was doing wrong all the time. Never happened with me. Your whole life, your parents never sat you down and said you're not I doing this wrong? I, no, I can't. I cannot recall my parents sitting down with like me, my brother, and my sister. Bro, this was like... Early a, on growing up. Now we do that often, but early on... Never happened. This was like a weekly thing in my house. It was no. like every Friday or every time it was time to clean up something, my mother would come down Never. and just read everybody the riot act. <laughs> and then my father would, you know, you heard what your mother said. So I was used to, that's, that's the type of communication I'm used to. I'm also used to having my, being able to express my opinion because my parents used to allow us to say our piece. So take that on top of the fact that I've been an athlete. I did martial arts for five years. Then I was playing basketball, then football, then college, then in the NFL, right? In those environments, they literally put you down in front of a TV and point out all of your mistakes. And you can't say anything. Like, they don't want to hear excuses. They just want to, this is what you did wrong. They don't want to hear why you did it. They just want you to correct it. That's become what I'm used to. I'm used to communicating with people like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm used to being able to be, because that, in my mind, made me the person I am today. Right. Like, and it's lost you a lot of friends. Yeah, it's lost me a lot of, of your, friends. Your but directness. But a lot of people can't handle that if they're not accustomed to it. Not very to say true. you were wrong, very true. but it might have been in your delivery. It did It did lose me a lot of friends. I mm -hmm. will say that. But um, to be honest, I don't value friendships where I can't be transparent. If, if our friendships is are dependent upon me telling you what you want to hear, as opposed to me telling you something that's going to make you it. better, then we're not going to be friends because we're going to be right. moving in two different directions. Right. So, but I said that to say some people are sensitive to the way things are delivered or the way no, absolutely. they're put I, on I front street. You know what I mean? I get it. And yeah. and that's why Kadeen and I have like arguments. Or when you see us and we're talking about something, it can go left. Like the beginning of this podcast to her was going left because I was just pointing out what I saw was wrong and then she felt like, I was attacking her or I was blaming her when I'm like, I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you what I saw. But if you felt like blame, I mean, it is what it is because in my mind, when I did something wrong on the football field and I'll, I'll be honest, you could be running a route and the coaches say, run a hitch. The hitch is supposed to be seven yards. You turn around, catch the ball. You run your hitch. You turn around. The ball don't come. Coach say, what happened? You didn't get your depth. The depth is the yardage. And you're like, coach, I got my depth. I got my depth. So you two arguing. This is happening. Man. For you and the coach arguing on the field. He says, fine. Wait till we see it on film. Then you get to watch the film and you see that you only went five yards. And now you feel like an asshole because you out there. Because the valve is always right. The, no, but I've learned. <laughs> I've learned, though. That when you think you're right because you see things from your perspective, the eye in the sky don't lie. So when you get to see yourself from someone else's perspective and you be like, damn, I didn't even go seven yards, you learn how to shut up and just take the criticism. And that's when it comes to us. When you want to point out something to me, I'll be like, all right, all right, I got it. 
But then when I try to point out something for you, you want to give me all the reasons why you did it that way. And all I'm trying to say is you giving me reasons why you did it that way. Don't change the fact that what you did hurt me. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And to me, that's the accountability. You can give me a thousand reasons why you did it that way still hurt me mm -hmm. do you plan on changing the way you did it because it hurt me or you just be like i did it that way because and then we're going to continue to do it that way because that's the way i do it and right. i think that's and that's where we differ a lot. where we differ because, yeah because, because if you approach. did something to hurt me i want to know why like what was your mindset there whereas you don't care about the mindset you're just like well i'm hurt so that's it you know well no but i'm going to change the behavior if you say oh, to yeah, me if you course. say to me devout moving forward yeah moving forward and that's that's always been my thing yeah if How you said to me this? right if you said to me devout you did xyz you know what i'm gonna do all right all right you don't like that i'm not gonna give you a bunch of excuses and reasons why i did it clearly you don't like that let me just see if i can maneuver to do it in a way where you find it accepting mm -hmm. or we can meet on the same page and and that's just approach that's your family traumas my family traumas, your upbringing, mm -hmm. my upbringing. And to this day, we still have arguments. That's a fact. Because. Can we bring in my expert now? Because <laughs> you, this is like, this is like, man, this is a lot. So I feel like we need to talk to somebody though. Let's talk to somebody and see if they can give us some advice on this. If that's what you want to do, baby. <laughs> See how I go I'm to the you see how you I was, go to the husband voice. You was lo you was long you winded, y'all. This is gonna be a long episode. I was long winded this one. Yes, you were. You wasn't talking. Yes, you were. You was you, you was, wasn't talking. You was going in. Like, Let me ask you, Kadeen, about no. Let's leave it to the therapist who we got on here today. The so eye today in the sky don't lie. Y'all go back and see who was talking, and then y'all let Kadeen know. Head over to the expert. I've, I've been trying to get to Delena for mad long now. Delena, I hope you still there, sis. You there, sis? All right. So today we brought Delena Zimmerman on to help us understand what exactly is this thing called accountability and to help us better approach it in all aspects of our life and relationship. Yes. So Delena Zimmerman. Hello, Delena. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Right, Thank me, you. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell our people a little bit about you. So Delana Zimmerman is a trauma recovery coach, a motivational speaker, and mm -hmm. a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also a television personality, best known for her psychotherapy cameos on VH1's Basketball Wives of LA. As a motivational speaker, Delana brings more than 20 years of experience and tools engaging audiences locally, nationally, and internationally. You got quite the resume, Miss Thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. like that? <laughs> I like yes, that. Yes. So how are you today, first and foremost? How's everything been so far? 2021 shaping out all right for you so far? It's good. It's challenged me to stretch and grow. Um, I'm not always knowing what obstacles it is. I have to leap, and who does, right? What uh, obstacles do you have to leap, right, in order to go to the next level. 2020 got me ready, but 2021, I'm, I'm moving now. I'm in action. So I'm good, excited. Good, good. That's great to hear. Delena, it's, um, it's glad, I'm, I'm glad to have you on because Kadeen and I have built, a, pretty much built a platform on being transparent with each other. And the one thing I've learned about being transparent with my wife in the public eye is how uncomfortable transparency between two peoples make the rest of the world. Um, but I, I will have to say this, that Kadeen and I were able to become more transparent with each other when we started to understand each other's family dynamic. Her nuclear family she grew up in and I, my, my nuclear family and I grew up in and I started to realize my flaws and the issues I've had with communication because I thought the way that my family communicated was the only way someone can communicate. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, understanding your own personal family trauma and what you bring to a relationship when you don't deal with that trauma? 
Oh, wow. That's a beautiful question. And I'm so glad you asked it. Um, many people get into relationships in the delusion that they're going to meet someone who's going to meet their needs and mm. their emotional needs, you know, mm. and nobody got out of their family system unscathed. No one did, you know, like mm. everyone was um, has some residue of their experience with their parents or with the sibling system. And, um, and unless those things are addressed, then partners believe that the other partner is responsible to make them feel whole in the areas that they don't feel whole. And so it, it, it is a lie that really love songs told us this lie. They told us that, you know, you would meet someone to meet your, all your needs. Disney told us that, but the work has to happen on the inside. And since we're talking about accountability, individuals are responsible for their individual healing. And so you can bring a whole self to a relationship and then you can participate in the relationship, you know, with less um, danger because everyone's looking for safety. So I have a question. How, how, what is the easiest way? And I try to say easiest way because a lot of people are taken back by our approach where we just pretty much tell each other how it is. What is the easiest way to tell our listeners to, talk to their partner about dealing with their own family traumas before trying to come into a relationship. Because that's, that was something could I would say the first five years of our marriage, we were like at odds because she dealt with things her way. And I dealt with things my way. She thought she was right. I thought I was right. And we both were wrong, you know, mm -hmm. but um, it got to a point where we just like, you know what? F it. You know, I don't like the way you do this because your family and I started calling out her family. She started calling out my family and it worked for us. But that don't work for everybody. So what's an easy way or a, a healthy way to speak to your partner about dealing with their family trauma? Um, first of all, you have to first admit that we're just humans. Nobody knows what they're doing. You know, we're raising, you guys are raising kids. Like every day is an experiment, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> every single day is an experiment. And, and what happened last Tuesday is not going to happen this Tuesday. And so what I think is important in a relationship is to agree that we're just humans, right? And that it that takes the ego out of it. That I, I really don't, I've never done this before. I've never been this age before. I've never had these responsibilities before. I've never been this person before. And so to answer your question specifically, I think it's important for couples to understand that relationships need room, room, space mm. for you to grow and develop and learn from your mistakes. And if we're in a relationship, that means that your real promise to me is that you're going to work it out with me while I make my mistakes in front of you, while I grow up in front of you, while I become in front of you. And if there ain't no room for that, right. the relationship space ain't going to make it. Yeah, yeah, you need space along with the grace to go with it. You know what I mean? To me, it just sounds so cliche simple. and simple simple that when you say that but then people always have a retort to that oh, i ain't giving nobody grace i'm not letting nobody cheat on me i ain't letting nobody walk all over i ain't let nobody talk to me oh how and it's like no one's telling you to let anybody do anything but okay. giving someone grace what exactly is well, giving someone healthy grace go ahead, i think babe. we should take it back to the first to the topic which is accountability mm. and what is the difference delena between someone being blamed for something and then accountability oh, because I one. think that's like where it starts. You know, you can't be held accountable a until like you said, you admit or you're aware there's a self-awareness that there is something that's wrong per se or something that needs to be um, addressed. True. So how do we know when we're blaming someone versus just 
requesting that they take accountability. Mm. Um, So a lot of the family system comes with blame. I I know that's how it is culturally. You know, the, the vase gets broke, who broke it, right? And then there has to be blame and punishment. So we come from a pattern of that, blame and punishment. Uh, I mean, if we just look at our history, it's just, that's what happens. Somebody has to take responsibility. There has to be justice per se in the relationship. I come from a, a, a stance, or I believe deeply that our problems, my problem, your problem, begins and ends with you. So if you're cheating, we need to look at that. Like there's no way we can't look at that's something that needs to be resolved in you. I'm not responsible for your cheating. You're responsible for your cheating. If this, if it's a deal breaker for me, if you're outside of the agreements of our relationship, then we need to look at the accountability to our agreements. So that's the difference between blaming and taking accountability. Relationships should have agreements. We should agree. But what are the what are the um, what's the circumference of our relationship? What is included in our relationship? One of the agreements you have is transparency. So. When you're outside of that, then you have to have accountability for what you've agreed to. But mostly people don't know to have agreements and relationships. They just get in pretending they know what to do and hopefully the other person does too. And if you break what is a rule that everybody knows or you break my family constitution or the sins that I hold against people, then I begin to blame you for how I feel. But you're not responsible for how I feel. I'm responsible for how I feel because I feel from the filter the perspective of my life if i've been a victim all my life then i'll be a victim in this relationship wow. ah so so one thing that kadeen and i struggle with till this day is even outside of just our family units and our sibling structure right i was mm-hmm. a, a division one athlete and a professional athlete they mm-hmm. held you accountable by putting you in front of a camera and pointing out all of your flaws so i became mm-hmm. comfortable with that so when i sit down to talk to Kay, sometimes I, that's the only way I know how to point out accountability is to say, babe, you did this wrong. And for her, she feels like, well, you're always blaming me. Or you're always like nitpicking. Like there's a laundry list of things that he now is giving me specifics, which specifics help because sometimes you'll just say, well, you don't do this. And then I'll retort with, well, when, when, you know, give me a a specific scenario. Right. So, so my, my question is, is there a healthy and unhealthy way to hold your partner accountable and what are some tools people can take home to say, you know what? I want to hold my partner accountable, but I don't want her or him to feel blamed. And I don't want to feel like I'm attacking them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the point I made in, in the last question was about, so if, if, if your partner's sensitive from their childhood experience, right? So in my relationship, I'm an only child and my partner is, uh, comes from um, a family of seven. So he has tougher skin than I, right? So he says things in a way that make me feel uncomfortable. But the truth is he doesn't make me feel anything. I bring that predisposition to sensitivity to the relationship. And he brings a tougher thing to the relationship. We're not making each other anything. I, I That's how I process and experience conflict that's how I process and experience right when someone brings me something that is a a constructive criticism right so the relationship again has to have space for and I'd like to talk to you about um, 
how we're handling the dishes. And then there can be a conversation about how we're handling the dishes. I need the spoons to be up, not down because they get spots on them. And it seems like something minor, but you can say the dishes, I mean, the spoon is down again. And then I feel not good enough in the relationship because I've made an error. But I bring that to the relationship. That's not new to you. You don't place it in me. So you're not responsible for it. I, the point I'm trying to make is you're not responsible yes. for it. You didn't put that in me. And when I feel it, I want you to stick your hand down my throat and turn the switch so I can stop feeling it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's you not know your why responsibility. That's, yes. I'm going to tell you why that's, that's so crystal clear so to me. Right? Sense. I've been trained and nurtured as a young man to not feel. You know, I've been, you fall, get up, don't cry. Being the firstborn in my family, my parents were always on me and I couldn't respond with an emotional response because that was not acceptable as a young man. Then being an athlete, they're going to tell you and curse you out, call you all sorts of names. Do not respond. Listen to what I'm saying. Be accountable and fix it. But as a young woman, Kadeem was raised differently. She was yeah. raised to, you know, be emotional and um, have emotional uh, I was emotional clarity or what? what's the word I'm thinking of where um, you're allowed to have emotional responses and be aware of how you feel. Right. Like that she's was encouraged. Always, it was encouraged in her as a young lady. Yeah. So sometimes when I say things to her, I don't understand how she could feel a way about me saying something simple because when it's said to me the same way, it doesn't make me feel that way. Yeah, and that's where we were. Different. We were struggling because I literally was like, I don't understand how me saying this to you made you feel that way. When if you say the exact same thing to me, I'm able to process it and it doesn't hurt. But when you explain it that, that way, way, she yep. comes with that. I come with this. So nobody made me feel like this. It makes sense. But it really does make thing, sense. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And it makes so much sense, Delena. But I, at one point, do we as adults stop leaning on or blaming how we were raised, generational traumas, um, things like that. At what point, like, of course, we know that makes us as a person, but at what point do we as an adult say, you know what, I understand that I was raised this way or this is what I'm accustomed to, but then how do I break free of that because I know better? Do you see that people are able to easily do that or no? No. (laughs) Um, It's Mm. important to know. You know, it's important to know, which means that you can take responsibility for yourself, right? And to practice something different, learning how to metabolize your emotions is being accountable, right? That, that's self-accountability. I have this emotion, I feel it in my stomach. And whenever I feel that feeling in my stomach, I act the same way, the same way I acted at eight when I felt it in my stomach. I act the same way I acted at 12 when I feel that same feeling in my stomach, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I have to take accountability for that. And so I don't have to blame my trauma, but I have to recognize that I've been shaped in a particular way. So if I, if my childhood shaped me in a triangle, I can't expect to be a circle if that makes sense. I'm a triangle and I have sharp edges. And so I need to honor that about myself and I need to make room. So if I feel triggered, right, I don't continue in the argument. We have agreements in our relationship, in our conflict where I say, you know what, I'm feeling triggered, honey, give me a little bit. Let's step away from this conversation for a while because I want to be responsible in the relationship. That's accountability, emotional responsibility. Mm-hmm. See that that makes sense, but but it makes me wonder though. How do you raise your children to be emotionally intelligent 
so that they're not they don't put themselves in the box of just being a triangle or a circle. Like I feel like so our making them families, emotionally malleable to right. others. Is that even possible to to make to to, to raise so. your children? Yeah, how? I think so. You give give your children language around feelings. Teach them how to say how they feel. Give them space to feel that it's safe. They need to feel safe with you. Mm-hmm. You have to be the safe place for them to emote. Like you said, you know, Kadeem, that, that well, develop that you didn't have safety to emote. You were told it wasn't okay. So if you have sons, then it's important for them to know that it's not weak to say, you know, I'm afraid to, before the game. It's okay to say, I have jitters. It's okay to say that. And still run and get you some touchdowns, but it's okay to say, you know, um, I'm concerned about my relationships at school. That they need to be able to say that to you because I really believe that is the 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 um, the breaking down and development from age five to twelve. That's where the inferiority complex is built in children. The inferiority slash superiority complex is built in children. So if they don't have a safe place in relationships where they feel competent emotionally, that's where the trauma occurs developmentally and it manifests itself in adult relationships. Wow. That's so exactly what we're dealing with. with Jackson. I know. <laughs> but I think we've been doing a great job because Delena, we've been dealing with this. We have three boys, our oldest Jackson, who's 10. We've been dealing with this recently with him having like performing anxiety or little yeah. things like that. So Deval has been trying to, and, and me as well, we've been trying to make sure that he's vocal about the way he feels and he doesn't bottle it up because he's a total empath. He totally like takes people's emotions and everything on him. So in that we want him to be expressive. So I right. think we've been, trying to work yeah, on that I've been, um, with him i've been trying to find a balance more than lately um, more i've been spending lately. a lot more time with him like he and i do a lot more one-on-one stuff and um it's a thing where you know i can tell when he's getting nervous and i say bro you nervous right and he'll be like yeah and i'm like you know that's okay like it's okay to be nervous i, I used yeah. to be nervous and i see him light up and he's like okay so i'm nervous so what do i do i say the way you work through your nervousness is you continue practicing while nervous and that muscle movement becomes muscle memory and you'll be able to recall on it even when you're nervous and you can still perform. And I've watched him like grow in doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also was in fearful of being a crutch and that if he doesn't have his dad before a game, will he learn how to do that on his own? Yeah, it's a challenge. And um, I, I've, I've been trying to yes, work with him a lot. Yes, he, he will. will. Okay, I, this, this gives <laughs> me hope because I, I, um, you know, he's 10. So you don't want to put too much pressure yeah. on a 10-year-old. But I also want him to... Be great in anything. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's acting or being a CEO. I just want him to be great, but also be emotionally intelligent. So when he deals with with a woman and and he's able to notice what she's going through and be able to be uh, sensitive, but also respect his own boundaries and be aware. So he's like, I don't have to take everything that comes with this. And that's what Kadeen and I have learned over the last five years. I've learned... Um, I used to, I say this to Kadeen all the time when we argue. Delena, I say, you know, you live in an alternate universe. And she <laughs> And I always hates. say, and you love it here, Deval, because you have many times <laughs> to leave this universe on a time. whole spaceship out of here, but you here. So that being said, exactly. what that is you true. Do? That is true. That is true. But what you said made me realize that um it doesn't matter what I say, 
how I say it, how loud I say it, how quiet I say it, she's going to receive it and feel the way she feels because mm -hmm. of what she's been through. So I also can't get on myself about how she, I just have to learn and make a decision of whether I want to be here or not, which I do all the time. So. And Delana, I think for me, um, one word you mentioned earlier on that I rings true is um, the ego word. So mm -hmm. in dealing with accountability, blaming, punishment, that whole system, leaving the ego out of it. And I think the harder part for me was the admittance. Is, is that a word? Admit, me admitting that mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe there was a deficit. Maybe I did do something wrong. Maybe I was lacking something. And it was a hard for me because being a person who was always striving to just be perfect and to be liked because I was also raised, you know, you want people to like you. You want people to, you know, enjoy your company. Oh. So in being like that um, and having that ego, I had to learn how to put the ego aside to then say, okay, I can now get that accountability accountability going and not be as defensive. He always was like, you're so defensive. You're so defensive. And he's like, why can't you just hold yourself accountable? And it sounds easy, but for me, it was me having to admit that there was a deficit somewhere, somewhere there. Yeah. So for somebody who's like me that may not know how to put that ego aside, um, how do you think they should approach being able to be aware that they need to be accountable? Um, we have a responsibility in relationships period. Like that's what makes them so hard is that I have to take ownership of my role, my position in the relationship. Like I have to. And that feeling of it's really, I, I, I've named the feeling not being good enough, you know, mm -hmm. from age five to 12 is where that inferiority complex is like, like mm. built. You, you hit that, you hit that button. You, you touch that. And I hate that feeling of not feeling good enough. So I become defensive or I become right. afraid that she won't love you just me. Described, you just described my wife like to a T. Yes. Like literally described and her I to a T. And I can accept that in no. my That's old okay. age. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in the acceptance of it, right? What you said in the acceptance of it. So every time it comes up, I know that's mine. I got to breathe through that. I got to, I feel the feeling. The feeling's not going to kill me. It never has. So I have to learn how to breathe, breathe and almost oxygenate those chemicals that have been released in my body that have that strong feeling in my stomach. I'm responsible for it. Hmm. And then when I can get back to my logical mind, because I get hijacked by that feeling, it, it always hijacks me. So when I can get back to my logical mind, and I can say, thank you, honey, for pointing that out in me. I want to be the best wife I can be. And, oh, I felt it in my stomach. You know, it's okay mm. to say that since you all are transparent with each other. You know, I yeah. felt that in my stomach, right? But I understand that I, I want to be this version in this marriage. I want to be this version. I want to, don't, thank you for not letting me stay in a weakness. That's accountability as well to each other. But with from a place of love. I love that. Word. No, I I love that. I love that too because um you've given you've you've given me I don't want to say a tool, but you've given me some awareness to see when I just need to stop saying what I'm saying and let her process what's going on because it doesn't matter how I say it or what cuz we've had arguments before where you know the old adage is it's not what you say it's how you say it. So I've yes. tried that. 
I've tried to be, you know, quiet and be like, hey, babe, I just want to point out that. And then I get this big response back. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, all I, I was and just that can trying. Be and to me, it almost comes across as if he's patronizing me. I'm like, why are you coming over to me whispering? I get you're trying to do this approach thing. But at <laughs> right. the same time, you, it sounds like you're patronizing me. <laughs> but you at know? least but at least I know now I'm aware yeah. to say, you know what? It doesn't matter how I say this. Right. It's going to hit her because she's afraid of that accountability thing so let me let her process that and she can go through her her way of processing it and then come back when she's available at, that, at least that gives me some yeah some you know some ways to to work on that but i think we I'm, both have like grown out of whatever we were conditioned to in, to an extent you know with our families and stuff like that we're able to now know how to communicate as a couple because i can't always blame how I was raised. I just kind of feel like that's that's me using a crutch at this point. Like, well, that's not the way I was raised. You know, me being at the point I am in my life with you um, and us being this far into our relationship, we're going on almost 19 years, Delena. So we've had to learn how to be emotionally malleable at this point with each other. No, ab- absolutely. But, you know, Delena, what, what I've heard from a lot of a lot of men and older men in my community, I've heard this a lot, is that women don't like to be accountable. Right. It's like they're just emotional. They don't think logically. Remember, you said get back to the logical mind. They don't think logically where I've I've actually found the opposite, especially in this day and age with women who are who've had to exist in corporate America. A lot more women are athletes now. I've actually found the opposite. But I have found that I can I find that in women who do exist in a corporate culture and who do exist in athletes and women who don't typically are a little bit more. um like a little bit more fearful of accountability because they feel attacked. But I also understand where that comes from in the patriarchy. There's women who are held to a standard where you have to be this to be considered good enough to be a mate. And I, I get where that comes from. And my, my question is, as a man raising sons, right, How in this dating process, because we have a lot of listeners who date, and how do I teach my sons to be aware of those flaws or, or the things they find in women or, or how to... Not only be malleable emotionally, but accept people in their their flaws as dating. Because a lot of people nowadays, if you're not exactly what I want on the first or second date, they're moving on. But you can't build anything like that. No. You know what I'm saying? So how do I teach my sons to be to be aware of the stuff they're looking for, like emotionally in people? I'll tell you what, you teach your sons every day. They won't do what you say, they're gonna do what they see. I'm gonna tell you that now. My mother okay. used to say to me, don't do as I right, don't do as I do, do as I say. And it was impossible. I could only become yeah. what she was, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that. So we're talking about the family system. Remember, you are one. So your mm-hmm. sons are going to treat women the way they see you treat your wife. And they're going to love women based on the relationship that they have with their mother. Now I know we're in this drive-through world now and everything's a swipe to the left, a swipe to the right. I get it. There's a reservoir of human beings now. You know, I I got it. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes a very murky reservoir. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's very interesting how um, things have been kind of, I don't know. I don't like it's watered down, but I get it. Okay. So Mm -hmm. to answer your question, your sons, I feel deeply about what I'm about to say. I feel that young men are not taught the responsibility they have to be a man, just to have a penis. I agree. It's, yeah. it's like a very, it's such a responsibility because if you don't know the power that's in your hand, you won't treat it effectively. You won't be responsible with it. You'll weaponize yourself uh, you're, and, and, and women suffer 
at the end of the irresponsible man. Now, I know we could say a whole lot about women, but understand if the man is not in the home, the man is not in the home, right? Then the mother is forced to try to raise a daughter and try to raise a son. But if the man is in the home, then we have a more balanced and intact experience. Does that make sense? Makes oh, sense. yes. If the man is missing, and we know our history where the man is missing, okay, and you have an imbalance in the development of children, period. Okay. So think your son has to, your sons, like my children, know. My son knows that girls who didn't grow up in a particular environment or who present in a particular way potentially have this foundation. And you have to decide if that's what you want to invest in or do you want to invest in something that's more principled. So I would encourage you to teach your sons to see women as humans and powerful and precious and potentially your wife or your daughter, there are someone's daughter, you know what I mean? So that they're careful with them and that they see into the humanity of them and not just the exterior of them, right? You can teach them that that body's going to change, right? That everything's going to change. But if the inside of them, if they are lovable, right? If they are peaceful people, if they are willing to grow and change and evolve, that's that's how that's the type of woman that you want to engage in. That's who you want to grow with. But if you don't take time to get to know that, then you are just looking for an exterior thing that is temporary and it's going to change. I also want to add spiritual people who have a, mm-hmm. a basis or a belief that they belong right, right to the bigger picture, or to God, or to the creator, or to the universe. They evolve better. They evolve stronger. They have faith for the future. And you can build with mm-hmm. that. Sure. Well, you know what I struggle with too is um, even uh, we don't have a daughter yet. I'm I, I was put out there that I'm pushing yes. to one day have a fourth, have He's a fourth child, this, this have daughter. a fourth child, and, and have a, have a daughter. But I do struggle with how to raise a daughter in this world where, like you said, there is a purpose and the privilege of being a man and having a penis, right? But also understanding that men have been discarded. In this current climate, everything that you do that's masculine, even though you'll say be a man, everything a man does that's masculine, they call it toxic. So if you're raising a, a young girl, what type of person do you you raise her to be as far as accepting a man in her life and understanding the privileges that men have, but also saying you also have to let a man be a man because men are needed in the homes. It's almost like messages are opposite. You know, we need men in the homes. We need men to be men. But then when a man tries to be a man, it's like everything you do that's masculine is toxic. So it's like, like where, where's, the where's the balance? The where's the happy medium? Because mm-hmm. we, we even see it with Kadeen and I. If I, we'll hear, women will say all the time, you know, men need to pay, you know, pay the bills, protect, provide, da-da-da. So I, we had a podcast where I talked about what my responsibilities. And I said that I love to provide and protect. And some women took it as, oh, he's sexist. He does because I said I don't want Kadeen to pay right. Or they took, bills. took it as me being submissive. Her being to him. Sub- right. And I, he was just like, I just thought that that was my role. That's as a man. As a man, like you that's know? what I do as a man. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of difficult in this day and age to find these, you know, find where exactly what is toxic, what's not toxic when it comes to masculinity. What mm-hmm. is acceptable or not acceptable from a woman, you know, being with a man. So my question is, having a daughter, if we have a daughter. I'm praying on it, right? <laughs> Amen. Much, he's, done it for me. he's done it for me, Delena. I, I hear it. 
as much responsibility as we have to put on men, right? What tips do you have for me in, in having a daughter? Wow. To raise a daughter that's, you know. I know that this answer is going to be censored. I just want to say that now. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to um, be as honest as I can about this. I have a daughter. Okay. And she's okay. 17. Um, and um, the definitions are changing. <laughs> it right. seems like to me, like I am frustrated with it. And um, so you talked about that, that corporate America woman, right? She mm-hmm. has this psychological independence mm-hmm. and um, she really is a man. So yeah. I, I agree. I, I, she I, is yeah, a man. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And she going to struggle in a relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the idea about submission, and I had to learn this myself. Um, submission is submitting to myself as a woman. So that's what I teach to my daughter. You submit to yourself as a woman, but you have to understand what it is to be a woman and what your feminine energy is and what power is in that and not give Mm -hmm. it up and retard it for a role as a man. We're often in our masculine energy Mm -hmm. because we're producing. I'm always producing. I'm working all day. I'm, you know, I'm I'm in the flow. I'm logical. I'm, you know, doing this all day. Right. With my man, I need to be in my feminine energy. I need to be uh, soft and I need to be kind and I need to be nurturing. I need to be a place of peace. And so I have to understand that that is what makes me so powerful that I have the ability to be that, right? The safe place for him as he has been in the world, being his black face and his powerful self, right? And, and, And his male energy, where did, where's his peace if it's not with me? If I'm not the holder of the hearts, I have to be the holder of the hearts. You have to hold all those hearts, all those men's hearts in your family. You have to be the yes. holder of it. And that's the responsibility to a woman. I, I hear my daughter, she has a brother. So I hear her talking crazy to him, mm-hmm, right? And so yeah. I say, after that, I come here and I say, babe, I need you to develop. I need you to break that habit. Where did she learn it? I, where did I learn it? Okay. I asked my daughter to change and practice that tone of voice, like break that because you are not going to be able to be effective in your relationship for the long haul with your husband. He can't respond effectively to that tone of voice. Mm. You see that, and that's, I think is what's triggering to women, especially existing in a patriarchy where they feel like they have to submit themselves to a man in order to exist. But to me, I think it's the contrary because I think me, we as men have to be accountable to say your wife or the woman you're dating is not going to be able to respond if you approach her with a level of, of being insensitive or a level of condescension or feeling like you're superior. I feel like both have, and we talk about this all the time, being accountable for ourselves to serve each other. So it's not just about a woman serving a man. It's also about me as a man serving my woman. You know what I'm saying? And I we hear it all the time. Anytime I post anything about serving my wife, men call me a simp. Anytime she posts mm-hmm. anything about serving me, 
women say she's too submissive. That's but the for unconsciousness. Me, like, so it's just unconscious. Exactly. <laughs> My thing is, like you said, I want to be the place that he comes to to decompress yes. and to be, you know, being a black man, especially in this world today, and we're raising three black sons. I need to be that safe haven of peace for them to be able to let go we, of the entire world, you know? If we're not that for each other, then what are we doing? Roommating and having sex? Like, otherwise, what is this? But yeah. that, but that's that's exactly what people think relationships are. I know. I'm so I'm I'm never supposed to submit. She's never supposed to submit. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to get everything I want from her, and I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed to sacrifice anything. She's supposed to do the same thing, and we're supposed to live happily ever after. Absolutely. When not. the married people who have been in successful marriages know that it's not possible, and then there's buzzwords that trigger people to be like, "That's why I'll never be in a relationship because I'm never going to submit, or I'm never going to sacrifice." Why I got to sacrifice what I want to make him feel better? Why I got to sacrifice what I want to make her feel better? That's what a relationship is. <laughs> and it's being accountable. Yeah. Like it, like me as a man, that's one thing I will tell you, Delena, I had to learn to be accountable to myself, to stop being selfish, stop with my ego and listen. I had to learn that. And I had to learn to accept that people are going to view me as less than a masculine man because I'm working to serve my wife. And I, to be honest, my, my relationship and I got happier when I did that. I was accountable to know what it was going to be because at this point I'm not serving all the other people in my marriage. I'm not serving what their expectations are of me. I'm serving this woman. Absolutely. And, and for and, me it was a lot of unlearning of things that I thought needed to exist in a relationship, thought needed to happen in a relationship, looking at relationships around me and saying, oh, yeah. I don't want to be like them or Ugh, them over there, not so much. I had to unlearn a lot to then be able to be more tuned into my husband and just realize like, at the end of the day, we have to lay next to each other at night. Forget what everybody else says. Like literally, literally had to come down for us to then say, you know, we got this. Uh, Delana, wow, you're, you're, you're dope, Delana, because I've learned yeah. some things today, oh, I especially. Did too. I did too. I've learned, you know, at least how we communicate and also understanding that it's not what I say or how I say, it's understanding how she's going to receive it, regardless mm-hmm. of what the message is. That's one thing wow. I have never thought about until today. Yeah. So thank you. Delana, well, like, yes, thank it was you. such a pleasure chatting with you. I feel like we should have you back on a future episode. I'm oh, sure no, we there's so many yes. other things based <laughs> on your resume and things that we've scratched the surface with you that we can always talk about some more. So we'd love to have you back. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, tell tell everybody where they can find you. Your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yeah, websites, all websites. that. My Instagram is at Delana Zimmerman Therapy. And I have a website also where you can look at my services, uh, DelanaZimmermanTherapy.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because... The media represents how people view us, and it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact, and the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today— Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes. No nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, so we decided to keep Delena around for our listener letter segment because, you know, I like to be nosy and be in all y'all business. But I figured <laughs> once we have an expert yes. in the house today, we might as well lean on her expertise and see yes. if she can give us some coins, some 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 gems right now, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and read um, the first one, Delena, for you. Okay. And this is from a listener that says, I'm a huge fan of both of you, and you guys are truly an inspiration. Thank you. I'm writing you guys for advice. Even if you don't mention it on your podcast, I would just love to have your honest feedback. I've been with my boyfriend going on eight years. We have a four-year-old daughter. I just recently found out my boyfriend has been cheating on me for two years with a girl from his job. He never mm. told me 
she did when he finally decided to end things with her. He stated that there was reasons for him cheating, such as the lack of sex, me not cooking as much, not asking him how his day was, and simply just showing concern. At that time, we had just moved into an apartment together. Our daughter was one, and I was trying to balance everything. Most importantly, he wasn't helping me around the house, giving me the attention or companionship. I felt like things were being forced. I have never cheated on this man, and I'm truly heartbroken from this situation. He told me pieces of the story, but I feel like he doesn't want to tell me everything. Even though I asked him to be to tell me the whole truth, just to assist in my healing process, what advice can you guys give me on moving forward? Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That work love is something else. Um <laughs> We we get listening to letters like this all, all the, the time, time. Delena. It's like yeah. it's like the same story in every relationship. Mm-hmm. So if we listen to the story and it fits right into the things that we've talked about today, and it's that neither one of them knew their responsibility in the relationship, even though they had been in the relationship and were mm-hmm. making babies, right? So mm-hmm. um, she was overwhelmed, um, and he wasn't supportive. That's the, you know the the way she presents it. But what I want to talk about in infidelity is that it is not her fault that he had this relationship with the other woman. It is how he works out his insecurity, his inferiority complex within himself. So it's okay to not feel that you're getting what you need in a relationship. That's fine. But to work that out outside of the relationship where you can get validation is his problem It is not an indication of her not being good enough in the relationship. It's him not feeling good enough. So him seeking outside of himself, him being out of integrity, out of character, out of his promise, right? Out of his commitment. That is something that he has to work out. I'm sure in the past, sex and attention has made him feel whole. That's why we have to be accountable for our own healing and our own wholeness, right? And our own self-actualization so that we don't have to get it from other people, not even our partners, right? We have to give it to ourselves and then again, participate in the relationship with a healed or whole self or working on wholeness self. And so how she moves forward is she continues, if she's going to stay in the relationship, he has to do his work. Like if she's going to say, well, he has to maybe talk to a therapist about his um, need for validation and how he has sought it out in the past and how he is going to curb that currently. And if she's going to stay in a relationship, she has to take care of herself, just to love herself, develop a self-love practice so that she can look in the mirror and be in integrity with herself. Does that make sense? Mm, that does. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of times... With these comp- with these scenarios, it's always the same thing. These two people, like you said, got into a relationship, and there was no complete contract on what was decided on who was going to provide what or who was going to do what for whom. Mm-hmm. One person starts to lack because they feel overwhelmed, so they stop doing something. Yep. The other yeah. one stops doing. Then they, they're no longer intimate with each other, yeah. and then one person seeks outside forces to feel as if they want to, you know, they can feel whole again. Yeah. And and to be honest, when we look at these, it's not always a man and woman thing. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's been, vice versa. It's, it's vice versa. Sometimes, yeah. like I've I've had I've had a homeboy. I'm not gonna out him at all, but his wife cheated on him, and he was just like, bro, you know what I'm saying? I I provide, I do this, I do that, I go in and out of the house, I make sure we have everything, and she stepped out, 
And I said to him, being a man is accountable. I said, what were you not doing that she felt she had to step out? Right. And he was like, what do you, what do you mean? I provide. I, do, I said, okay, when's the last time you hugged your wife? When's the last time you've kissed your wife? When's the last time you've asked her what she wants to do and took her to do something she wants to do? And he was like, I was too busy trying to do all these other things. I said, yeah, you were doing all these other things that you wanted to do to feel like you were a man in the house and not doing anything that she needed. And she stepped out. Is she wrong for stepping out? Absolutely. And she stepped out for the exact reasons you said. Mm-hmm. She felt like she wanted to feel like someone wanted validation her again. Somewhere. She needed validation. She yeah. thought, and then she admitted to him, I thought you were cheating. So I cheated. You know what's powerful about it? You could step out or you could step in. Mm. Ah, I like that. I like that. Right. So like instead that. of just existing and allowing things to happen, I like that. You can step leaning into in the relationship. That's right. Lean into it. This is what I need. This is what I'm mm. hoping for. These are, can we make some agreements? Can we create a structure? Is the relationship more important than my individual concerns? If my individual's concerns become more important than the unity of the universe of the relationship, I'm going to do what the hell I want to do. Mm. But if I remember that the relationship is important, more important than my individual need in the moment, because it's temporary, right? Right. Then, then I will lean into the relationship and, and I will be able to be influenced by you and I will be open, right? Hopefully you will be open to be influenced by me. She said yeah. step out. You can step you out. You can step out. Or, or you can, can step lean in. in. I like I, I like that. You I can like step that. out and step in because that's yes. Yes. that's literally what me and Kadeen decided to yes. do because we both yeah. had our transgressions. And at that sure. point, it was like, okay, are we going to go out this way or mm-hmm. am I going to focus more Mm-hmm. on this person right here exactly. and ever since we decided to do that things have been like it's been it's been up it's stuck wow that's we don't even have time for another listener like, letter. Right. but i honestly feel like the, the second listener letter will probably be the same thing <laughs> similar situation <The> similar situation <laughs> what your points were were so small you were going to say something go ahead delana i was thinking about um something in that letter that that she asked mm. um Go ahead. I, was it? I don't know. Can you see, Kadeen, what yeah, go back. she asked? Um, was it a question she asked? Or, or was it him des- him describing what was the was wrong? Oh, why she he did had it? wanted him to give details about everything that yes, happened. Yes, that's it. That's it. She, she don't yeah, need the didn't. details. It's none of her business. It's, it's irrelevant. Mm. Ooh, it's, I think it's, people it's, need to hear that too. I because think they're, they're hearing the details is torture. They're a glutton for punishment, and they're for looking punishment. for the the points where they were not good enough. Remember, everybody's inferiority complex was built between age five right. and twelve. So right. she's looking for mm. the details of where she's not good enough because she thinks it's her fault that he did it. Uh, so she feels like if she t- if he tells the details, it's like oh she did that. Shoot, I wasn't doing that, so there was uh-huh. a deficit there. Ah. Uh. No, the deficit was in him. That's that's important too. Like you can hold your partner accountable mm-hmm. without having to punish them with all the details. Like right. that. Like to be honest, like you don't have to say, "Well, you you weren't doing all of this. That's why I did this." No, let's let's hold ourselves accountable. Yes, I stepped out, or yes, you stepped out. How do we get to that point? Mm. Because it's never a, a one person thing. It's always a collective thing for people Absolutely. to get Absolutely. to a point. Yeah, a collective. Oh, no, it is. Events. Yeah. yeah, it's two and, people. And, 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 Yes. Yeah. It's always collective. And and really, each other are feeding off of each other's inferiority and insecurity. I have to develop security in myself. I have to be a safe person emotionally. And then I can be a safe person 
physically in the relationship. I can come to you when I, you know, and, and when, when I don't feel like we're in our roles, I can come to you when I feel disconnected from you as opposed to finding connection in other places. She said, that just no, she said, so nicely. people are constantly Moment feeding of truth from a off Delena. of each other. Yes, people are constantly feeding off of each other's insecurities mm-hmm. and looking to feed their own insecurities. And the minute their insecurity isn't fed, they just go elsewhere. Right. That seems like the dating process. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. that that seems like the dating process. Yeah. I'm insecure about this. Let me find someone who's going to feed that aspect of me. And the minute they don't, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. But no one is responsible. Man, there is that's no deep and it's so true. But that yeah. that sounded like me when we first were, were dating. We we just recently talked about this on an interview, and I talked about so many things that I was dating with my ego. I was dating with my ego and trying to feed myself because I, I wasn't sure about myself. Mm-hmm. And when we started dating, I was expecting Kay to do all these things to make me feel better. And every time she didn't do it, I felt like, oh, she doesn't love me enough. Right. Meanwhile, or, we were, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old <laughs> kids who talk about knowing oh, sure, somebody sure, sure, else sure. who didn't even know your damn self, you sure. know? <laughs> okay. So I want, I want to leave you with this. And this is a Earlier, I stated that the world's love songs, Disney, have told us that someone's going to come into our life and going to meet our needs. But children who did not get their emotional needs met become adolescents who didn't get their emotional needs met, become adults that didn't get their emotional needs met. And I'm here to say that there is no other adult on the planet that has the assignment of meeting any adult's emotional needs. It is the individual's responsibility to meet their emotional needs. Now, your physical needs and, you know, I need your help, honey. And, you know, I need you to hug me. All these things, that's different. But your emotional needs must be met by you. There's no, the parenting is done in your life. You, if you, if there's some weaknesses or there's some breaking down in your emotional needs, you have to yourself effectively. That's accountability. And then you bring that version of yourself to a relationship and the relationship will show you the new areas in which you need to heal. That's the purpose of relationships. They're going to mirror for you what you think and believe and you take responsibility individually for the things that have come up because the relationship is more important. Wow. So you, you really do a great job of articulating things that you feel yes. that you don't know how to say. Well, she's a whole ass <laughs> therapist. And what, let me scroll back up. To Motivational the speaker. Motivational speaker. I definitely feel a whole lot better. And I didn't even know I had a problem coming in here. <laughs> I know. Delena, oh, we appreciate goodness. you so much. And we know we have to let you go because uh, yeah. your time is, your time is, is, is up. up. But we thank you so much. And we have to have you back on. Yeah, this and was, we hope that people really like great. tune in and listen to some of the advice that you've given yes. today. I think it's very sound advice for people who are aware that they do want to exist in a relationship because there are people who decide that you know what relationships aren't for me and i respect that at least yes. you know you want to be single and, and and mingling for the rest of your life that's all good but it's the people who aspire to be in a relationship or who are in relationships that i think will definitely get some some really good valuable um information so thank you again thank you for thank sitting you. with us thank and all the best okay so if you'd like to be featured as our listener letter or one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C at gmail.com. All right. Moment of truth time. I know what mine is. Moment of truth. Moment of truth, first of all. I want to apologize publicly 
for screaming at you that day when me and Jackson walked Thank in the you. house. And I apologize for my frustration and raising my voice because like you said, sometimes I'm not aware of my tone. Um, but just so the record shows, I spoke to my son immediately after everything happened and we were able to reconcile and I was able to speak to him about how he felt about everything. And I made sure that he knew that I wasn't coming from a place of a disappointment or a place of uh, being upset, but I was just more so concerned and me being his mom, I need to hold myself responsible too, for putting him in situations where he could be at harm. That being said, my kids are never leaving the house ever again in life. <laughs> Moment of truth. You go back to mom mode. <laughs> and nobody's coming over either. Now can't nobody. Come everybody want to come over now that we moved, but no. Keep the same energy y'all kept when I lived in Brooklyn for ten years. She gonna bubble wrap all the kids. That being said, I will be bubble wrapping them. My moment of truth is this: accountability, of course, starts with yourself, right? You got to be accountable, and that's fine. But you also have to know when you're in a relationship when you're trying to help your partner be accountable, that they have past traumas that may affect your message no matter how it's delivered. Mm. So it doesn't matter if I'm screaming. It doesn't matter if I'm talking softly. It doesn't matter if I'm being direct. If you have past traumas that's going to affect the way my message is delivered to you, you're always going to feel a way. And listening to Delena made me realize that th that's valid. Like, you are entitled to feel that way. And my message is going to be what it is, and you're going to take it however you want to take it because you brought that with the, the relationship. So my moment of truth is understanding that your partner is going to receive what it is you're giving to them no matter how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's called Kadeem Feels world. like you felt that to the core. Did I you? did. You felt I that did. to the core. Because I've you tried did. all the approaches and don't none of them work. No matter what <laughs> I say, how I say it, I always get the neck, the snap, right. all that. Okay. So. Uh, I guess my moment of truth, um, kind of stemming from, from yours, is not blaming or allowing the way I was raised or past generational traumas, for example, to dictate how I exist in a space with you now in my relationship, with other relationships that I exist in, because I also too need to hold myself accountable and not place blame on other aspects of my life um, that may contribute to who I am now. So that being said, making sure that I say, Kadeen, <laughs> you may have been raised this way or you may have not been encouraged to do this as a child. However, you being a grown woman, should know that you owe it to yourself and the other party in this relationship to be accountable, to not always place blame, to be willing to be emotionally malleable, as we've been saying today. <laughs> so that's part of it. And I still like this little term that um, Delena said, if you're on the verge of stepping out, step in. I like that. You know, step in. Lean like into that. those relationships more like so you can see um, where there's not necessarily a deficit but there's a way for you to be accountable. So that's that. I like that. I appreciate your moment of truth. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I feel like you're looking at me funny. Be sure to find us on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast. <laughs> Y'all know where to find me. Kadeen. I am. And you can find me in my house too. Because she's not Cause going, I nowhere. Never going nowhere. I knew that was coming. And, and nobody coming either. I'm going to let the kids out, though, because they need to breathe. They can't be in here with the two of us all the time. In the backyard. 
I am Deval, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass. Deadass. <laughs> Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.